Hello, y'all. This is Ken Pepitone speaking to you from the porch of paradise, 4,000 feet above La Jolla. Forty miles inland from Naval Air Station Miramar. right in the flight path to the San Diego International Airport, whatever that's called, Lindbergh Field, and the Marine Air Station at Miramar. It used to be the Navy Top Gun School. From Miramar to Yuma, where the training for all of the you know war guys, marine pilots and stuff happens out there. And uh, when I was involved with them, it was it was a pretty widely used NATO training facility as well because everybody in NATO was involved in desert warfare. I guess for a long, long time they've been imagining that uh, the battlefield that they were going to use their armies in was going to be a desert kind of battlefield. You know, one of the big problems with some of the uh, military-industrial complex gluttony for the concept of tank warfare one of the worst things that happened was when they tested those tanks. They they worked great in uh, Europe, but they didn't work well at all in what they're hoping will be the battlefield, I guess, is that big empty space around Saudi Arabia and you know inside Jordan, down below Syria, that wasted space they might call it below the fertile crescent that runs along the north edge of it armageddon is where they predict that's going to be uh, and you know that different folks take you on tours of promised lands and stuff and they point you to different places but it's pretty well established now that we live on a planet where you and i can look at the whole planet from space we can we have a set of eyes available to us if we own one of these smartphones. The one I'm holding in my hand must be six years old and it can do all this stuff I'm talking about. We can look at the world in a way that no human being had ever looked at the world until the mid-1960s. Remember, Stuart Brand put that on the cover of the first few Whole Earth magazines or catalogs, Whole Earth catalogs. And uh, there was some kind of an eruption that happened around that time when mankind was given that point of view. It was right around the time that mankind was given that point of view that he learned to network memory storage devices and data compiling devices, calculators, and computers 
teletype machines via radio waves wirelessly. They began to be a network of radio, not just monodirectional radio, but bidirectional communication via radio. Very rudimentary ways to get a thought from one person to another person, but light years beyond the Pony Express, which was essentially the fastest means of communication since the time of Darius the Great, I would say, or before that even, probably since the time of Nimrod, post-Nimrod. It took a while even for something like the Pony Express to catch hold. The simplest forms of communication that men could imagine, speaking to one another. There was a time in history where there were very few of the kind of being that we are on this planet. They, they were completely rolled out, evolved to what we are right now. And, and some legends say there was as few as eight who survived the most recent disaster before us now. We who are in the very last moments of our own mortal moments, right? There's not one of us listening to me who's probably going to be here in a hundred years, say. But a hundred years from now, it's very likely that there will be somebody hearing me what I say. And you can do this too. If you have the technology to hear what I'm saying, you have the technology to do what I'm saying. What, what kind of a world do we live in where people can begin a discussion and say all that I want to say without you interrupting me? And you can pick up on your end and you can respond and say all you want to say without me interrupting you. And anyone who has ears to hear and a will to find where these kinds of ideas are being discussed, these were very cussed ideas at one time, cursed ideas. So we're going to diss that curse here, here on the Ken Pepitone old guys talk about deep things while they're watching red-tailed hawks soar circles around the mama pine tree on my hill. You'll get to know my porch much better as we go along if I can hold your attention because I'm not paying for it. I'm not buying your attention. But if you give it to me, I will attend to the things I see and hear and understand, and I will share them.
maybe even I'll get technologically savvy enough that I will check to see where the microphone is before I begin to speak. Thank you for listening. Listening is very much like what the wind does. It goes where it listeth. Adios. Test one, two, three, four, five. That's the problem. So, that was disappointing. I just recorded 24 minutes of silence. It was a wonderful story, but it's not worth telling again. We live in a world that moves that fast, you know. A storyteller can be wandering around and find himself lost in a story and walk himself all the way through it, dragging anyone who can hear him behind him. Like the Pied Piper of Hamlet. What is Pied if you ever consider what pied might be? Let me tell you a story about what pied took as its own definition. Just a, a meme that may seem to mean nothing to you, but to us, we who lived through the story of seeing our children follow this madman whistling Dixie. I, I think I heard someone say he was whistling Dixie. Somebody else said he was whistling the night they drove old Dixie down. Somebody else said he was just whistling nonsense, wandering off into the wilderness. Just the wilderness of sin, someone said, he said, was where discoveries were covered. Again. And we had no idea what he meant, but our children followed him, so we followed them. And we got to this place where this man told the same story that you're familiar with about the Pied Piper of Hamlin. And he emphasized the part at the end where the people didn't pay the piper. And I began to be absorbed in a 
bubble, you might say. My world became both bigger and smaller at the same time. It was as if I had extended my mind to whatever barrier was causing the clouds to flow in a never-repeating pattern upon their circuits the circuits that carry the pollen and the spores, the highest parts of the dust of the earth, the feces of the dust mites that eat the flesh that flakes off our heads, used to show up much more often as dandruff, I think, that's not as big a problem as it was. You don't see it advertised on TV much anymore. But I don't watch TV much anymore. So maybe I have no idea what's going on in the world where people watch the world through an electronic window. It could be that I'm just alienated from that world, that that I actually do have an alienated mind, that something happened to me. And it was when I ate that peanut butter, I could I can see I can see the pie pan that had peanut butters it's my finger I'm smearing peanut butter round and round a pie pan from Julian Pie Company in Julian, California bang I remember what happened I remember what happened I was I was um uh, what do they call it? I was stoned, man. I was like way just glassy-eyed zoning, talking to the air. What holy men used to call prayer. And I was doing that stuff and I was thinking and I was looking over at this dead cannabis plant about a meter tall sitting in a 15-gallon bucket on my porch. I, I killed it. And the, the sorrow can well up in your heart when you look at something like that. Said, I did that. Or, it, you know, it can when you're really zonked. And zonked, man, that's like a I don't think I've used that word since 1970. Zonked. Screaming yelling. Screaming yellow zonkers. I could not believe my eyes when I saw those in a 
7-Eleven store when I returned from Vietnam in 1969. Crossed my mind for the moment there at that time that I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> Those kinds of experiences, my friend, why can't we have them all the time? Why can't we just remember those moments when we were out of here and into there and we got along fine with everywhere. We weren't really needing to be mystified and Hindu-eyed and Catholicized or orthodoxized. We didn't know 10 dogmas or 20 dogmas or 7 steps or 12 steps. We could get by with that 13th idea that Benjamin Franklin had, that one where he said, emulate Socrates and Jesus. Both were spiritual beings. However, Jesus himself was manifested in the flesh, whereas Socrates never made it further than the words that Plato wrote. We don't have any words that Socrates wrote. I have contended for quite some time that Socrates was a fiction. A fiction. Don't want to argue. It's not arguing that I'm here for. I'm here to find my way past this idea that there are people following me who may stub their toe on some boulder that I took to be a place to put my foot. And I sprang from there to the next boulder knowing the next boulder would be there. There would be a place to put my foot. And at that time, I thought that's what being stoned meant. It meant there is always a place to put your foot. It became my mantra for some time, sometime between the spring of 1969 and now. There's always a place to put your foot. When you are falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and it doesn't matter how long you fall, there's always a place to put your foot. There's always a step that you can take. And when you take that step, there's a place to put your foot. Really, that's the whole idea of being born again. It's all over and then it's not. That's what being born again is. And that can be pretty traumatic, you know. And as traumas go, they do sort of accumulate, like big ones and little ones when you're a kid 
those, you know, they produce blisters and the blisters pop and rub the same place again and you get another blister. Pretty soon you're going to get a callus there, you know. We have calluses on the soft parts of our body that rub up against other things and touch other things. Children of my class usually had a callus on their first knuckle of the hand that they used to write with. I'm not going to get off into calluses. This gets to the point where I'm thinking, oh, I've gone into this Terrence McKenna mode where I'm making no sense to anybody but myself and I don't have the equipment to record what I am thinking, only what I'm saying. And that is a very enjoyable state of mind that once again I'm going to have to tell you the story of this peanut butter and the definition of pied because what I did was take every dead leaf practically off of that dead meter high Skywalker extreme marijuana plant and I they were crumbly dry been sitting in the sun hanging here reminding me of my evil deed in overwatering a plant in a plastic bucket that didn't have proper drainage and it was my fault I killed it, and it was as if the grief overwhelmed me so much that I could imagine myself sitting in therapy explaining to my therapist that I had to perform this sacrificial offering. And, you know, my therapist looked at me and said, what do you mean by sacrifice? Oh, what everybody means by sacrifice. Uh, no, what what do you mean by sacrifice? Is it giving up something? Are you giving up something? No, 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 no. The, the marijuana plant sacrificed. How? Well, she produced these little tiny flowers, these little tiny buds that are all dried up that I can see them. And all the leaves have have twisted into uh, you know, if you look at what they did and the amount of effort and strength that it would take to twist yourself around into that kind of a contortion and stuff, these these guys squeezed their energy down into the very energy storage molecules of this plant. And it would be a shame not to honor that with a harvest is what was going through my mind. So I harvested all those leaves. I did a little bit of study and I discovered that there were people who made stuff called trash hash. That they just took all the stuff that they trimmed off of their marijuana plants as they were growing and they, they put it all in a, a big bin where it could dry out and you know, not composting it, but 
literally drying it all out, like what happened to this marijuana plant sitting here for about two weeks in the sun. Dry, 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 dry. And the leaves twisted into little, like, really tight, spirally things, like they were just squeezing the last bit of life out of themselves into their product, which I honorably harvested and crushed it in my hand, and it filled up the bottom of a Julian California apple pie pie pan with about you know, quarter of an inch or so of stuff, maybe, you know, half an ounce of, of dry stuff. And I poured in plain old isopropyl 95% alcohol. Poison, poison, poison stuff. Kill you, kill you. Don't use that. Use some highfalutin stuff that really is going to make a difference. And, then some other guy says, no, use moonshine that you make yourself and nothing less. And I said, yeah, and you know, all of that stuff is a really big hassle. So isopropyl alcohol, about maybe, I don't know, half a cup or a cup, enough to cover the, the trash that's there. And stirred it around for a little bit and let it sit for, I don't know how long. Came back, I had this nice, pretty green, clear substance, very like Emerald City-ish green, and I stirred it around and around and around and, and let it settle again, and I poured it through a permanent coffee filter filter, saved from a Starbucks one-serving coffee maker that bit the dust and I took that and skipping all the crazy stuff that people talk about uh, boiling it and double boilers and all this and you know taking just crazy thoughts I think to myself I have this imp pulse as if an imp came and sat on my shoulder and said hey check this out man you got a rice cooker right take the rice cooker and i pour the filtered liquid after i'd squeezed every drop out of the the plant substance and i put it into the rice cooker and took the rice cooker outside plugged it in on the porch in case those alcohol vapors that they talk about are really as bad as they say they are and uh with the lid open on the rice cooker, they are as bad as they say they are. But with the lid down, I didn't notice any fumes outside that bothered me at all. And it only took a very short time, no more than 20 minutes. And the little light went from white rice down to keep warm. And I open up the thing the rice cooker and there at the bottom of the non-stick rice pot was this yeah, dark brownish green tarry kind of substance with just a, a little bit of like a tiny little puddle of liquid you know that was probably the, the 
final bit of the alcohol that didn't quite evaporate totally. And I took a non-stick pancake turner and I used it like a, a spatula, that's what they're called. And I spatulated the substance from that and wiped it from my finger onto the pie pan and noticed that in the pie pan, after I had gotten rid of all the the plant material and I had poured the alcohol into the rice cooker, there had been a wetness on the pie pan of alcohol that had THC trichomy things dissolved in it. And those had precipitated out onto the bottom of the pie pan. And there was this very, very fine, light, light green keef coating the bottom of the pan. And so this tarry substance was sticking to my finger and I began to roll my finger around to try and gather up all of this keef and it that wasn't working the way I wanted it to work so Pulse again says peanut butter. Exactly. My wife had just bought some some close to natural Peter Pan peanut butter and I took my finger and I went in with a scoop and I oh crap, I left residue all over the inside of the peanut butter. So I repented and got a spoon and I I carefully took all any residue of the tarry substance and keep that was on my finger and got it onto the spoon and then I used my finger to take it from the spoon to the pie plate and I stirred it around in the pie plate until I had just a a creamy Peter Pan peanut buttery swirl going in the pie plate, you know, little galaxies of swirls just paying close attention to gravity and all of its rules as they came up and folded over in these tiny slow moving waves of peanut butter powered by my finger and I tasted it and immediately I get this Herb Albert meme come blasting through my head like a trumpet a taste of honey ba 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 and I look in the cupboard and the cupboard is bare of honey but there is some uh, aloe sweetener extract that got to be you know as good as high fructose corn syrup from Aunt Jemima is going to be oh there's going to be a whole episode about Aunt Jemima here in the future and Jemima's deep. And uh, we're back to the pie plate being the source of the Pied Piper. Because I put that peanut butter on toast, and that was. Uh, that was. An hour ago, 9.30, it's 10.26. And this story 
is the part that actually made it to being recorded after I turned the microphone on and got all the way to the point where I had spread that peanut butter on the bread and gone out of my head and imagined I was talking to my therapist who in the final analysis she said to me you're not guilty God's not mad at you and I said to her you know I've been telling you that the whole time adios friends I hope this turns out to be a regular meeting place for us. Bye.